Everybody. Welcome to this week's live. Hi, I'm Charlie. Nice to see you. So we had a small delay getting started today. Um, also, you can see it more in the Facebook feed, but you got this nice backdrop inside the Twitter feed, but you can see it's uh, actually just a thing. Anyway, uh, that's not really important. And now I don't know which camera to go to. I'm gonna have to get a tripod to put the two cameras side by side. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna talk to the Facebook feed today uh, more than the, than the uh, Periscope feed. Because it's right, it's the big screen in front of me. Anyway, um, please feel free. Welcome to uh, ask all of your questions. We're going to answer all of your questions from the week. We're going to be covering um, some uh, sexy tip and trick. We're going to be covering a hot take that I've been uh, putting out um, because now, especially on Twitter, um, really just throwing out every day. I'm throwing out hot takes and sexy tips and tricks as well as every single day posting another one of these live videos um, from the from the archive. And really just trying to do the best I can to provide value and to open up communication so that we can have conversations to increase the level of our ability to kick ass on Facebook. Anyway, um, while we're doing this real quick, you can't see it on the Facebook, but on Twitter. See, look at this thing, right? And then here's the actual setup here. Giant TV is a whiteboard. And then look at that there. And then, oh, man, you know, I'm stepping up, you know, stepping that pussy out. Anyway. And, yes, this was a gift from the fiancé behind me, so... Merry Christmas to me and to all of you, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, Hanukkah or whatever. Hi, Finland. Nice to see you. Anyway, let's get started. So, uh, as we do every single week, we're going to start off by answering your questions. We are going to get into tips and tricks. We're going to get into homework. If you do the homework from any of the weeks, you get any of the eBooks from the Patreon for free. You can join the community at facebookdisruptor.com or fbdisruptor.com. I highly suggest you do that because, well, you know, I put in some work for it, so I'm selfish, um, but also because that's where you can find all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? And like finding all this stuff is what it's about. Um, and let me know if you have any questions or if there's any other value I can bring or any other things that I can do for you, because that's really what this is all about. Um, because again, helping you all helps me because when I answer your questions, I get to challenge my own assumptions and having this conversation out in the open for everybody to see helps everybody out. Um, and as somebody that spent a hundred million dollars, I definitely don't want to be, um, somebody who is all high and mighty and not concerned at all about getting better. Um, that is fundamentally against what I'm trying to do. So with all of that being said, let's get started with it today. It's the first live of the month. Or it's the first live of the year. I hope everyone's doing okay. I got my notepad for the notes. I wish, do I have a pen? Do I not have a pen? Oh, here we go. Here's a pen. So anyway, we're going to get started here in just a minute. Hope you're doing well. If you enjoy this, please share with your friend. Join the community. We'll see you all get going. Let's get started with this week's live. So first question we're going to address this week comes from the Facebook group. This comes from Bradley. We actually didn't have a lot of questions this week, and maybe it's because it's the holiday season, who knows? But Bradley asks, when testing new creatives, how do you decide on the amount of money that is enough to allocate to the ad and decide on performance? So this is a great question where we say, well, you know, when we're um, working on trying to find winners and losers, um, this is really, uh, you know, um, a big piece that we say, well, when do we know when a thing's a loser or when a thing's a winner? Um, and so with that being said, I think that there are some big ethos things that we want to address, right? So first off, it's 
what does success look like for us and what are our immediate needs? And so I say that by to, to really kind of drive home the point. He asked, is it two times a CPA? Is it three times a CPA? I would say that it would be 10 to 20 times a CPA minimum. Um, and now, obviously, if you spend, you know, three times a CPA, you're not even getting a click, then probably it's not good. There's there's a there's a qualitative analysis that goes into that. But one of the things that we can do is is start to really address and um, understand what our ultimate goal of creative testing is. Now, yes, the point of creative testing is to find ads that are good, but it's to find ads that are stable and consistent and have proven to be winners over time so that the performance is stable and that we can rely on them to spend money on for a long period of time. Our goal here, more than anything, is not necessarily to find some short win that's going to work over the next day or two or has had a really good day. It's something, an ideal ad will run for months. I've run ads for years and it worked out, okay? So I think I'm going to talk to the, to the Twitter thing here just because it's disorienting. Uh, anyway, um, so I've found the ads that have worked for me that I've literally run for years. Um, and, and, and so for that, what we really want to get into is a winning ad should be something that we could theoretically spend an infinite, uh, nearly an infinite amount of money on. So if it doesn't win right away, that doesn't mean it's going to be a loser long term. And if it wins right away, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a winner long term. It can very well lose as soon as we go after it. So what we want to focus on more than anything, when we're saying what are the amount of spend is enough to allocate and decide on performance? There's not actually a set number of a dollar amount or percentage or a, a multiplier of our target CPA. It's does this ad perform consistently over time? And what I mean by that is not, well, I launched this ad in creative testing and after three days, it spent like 50 bucks and got me no sales. So clearly it's a loser. No, because there's probably also other things inside of creative testing. I don't know your ecosystem, but I'm really going to focus in on trying to say, no, this is a swivel chair. I'm really going to focus in and say um, that, yeah, and there's a lot of Steelers stuff in here. There's a hat and a jacket and this and that. Uh, so what I'm really going to say is what's most important is to understand that none of this happens in isolation, right? None of this happens in a place where we um, will never, uh, I'm trying to put this in better words, none of this happens by itself. So winners and losers are going to be determined on how well they do in the real world environment. So to, to try to refocus this effort, um, winners and losers are never really determined on the first few days. I would say you know, it might take a week at least before I'm aware of winners or losers. And it's also dependent on how many ads am I testing? If I'm testing three ads and I absolutely need a winner right away, then that's a very different situation than I've got several control campaigns and I'm doing really, really well and I'm above my goal. And what I need from creative testing is to find a new winner that's going to beat everything else that's working really well for me. If that's the case, then my creative test might run for weeks before I pull something out because I don't need the winner. My, the purpose, especially if you're using control campaigns, especially if you're using evergreen campaigns and you're not trying to chase the dollar behind some short con and, and you're really getting above and beyond 
this like uh, you're really getting above and beyond the short wins and you're getting into stable control campaigns with evergreen efforts and you've got a simple ad account then the purpose of your creative testing is to find ads that perform better than your control elements that do so in a stable fashion and that will overall improve where you're investing the largest amount of your money this might take weeks to really determine even off of one ad that's doing well also when your ad is performing well inside of creative testing, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you stop the test. If it's working well, I won't kill that test. I'll let that thing continue to run until I get to a point where I've got my control ads and I've got my control campaigns. I've got my creative test and my control campaigns need a new ad, right? For whatever reason, maybe I've scaled my efficiency from you know $50 a sale to $45 a sale. And my control ads when I was 50 was the goal, we're killing it because they're all bringing 49, 48, 47, and I'm phenomenal, but I'm struggling to get to 45 because my focus is scaling efficiency. Because if you scale efficiency, spend is a ramification of that. It's much easier to spend 10% more once you've increased your efficiency. Um, it's much easier to increase your efficiency by 10% than to maintain the same efficiency and increase your spend. So the number one focus of an elite advertiser is to scale the efficiency of the ad dollars. I personally have taken an ad account from $30,000 a day at a $50 CPA down to $10,000 a day at a $12 CPA. Now I'm saving 20 grand, but my revenue is actually higher, which means I'm making more money for every making more money every day at an aggregate ecosystem level and my investment is lower. So I'm actually making more money, not just because my revenue goes up, but also because my cost goes down. That is, fundamentally more important to my business than, uh, than, than just spending as much money as possible. Because then if I want to, I can just juice that spend level and I can easily ramp in more sales. And that is a much better situation to be in. As you increase your efficiency, the control ads that you have will have matured out to a level. And what we found is control ads tend to not improve their efficiency that much over time. They'll get a little bit better, but they basically, they're, you know, once, once a young dog becomes an old dog, it's hard to teach it new tricks and it's only going to get so much better. So the purpose of the creative testing is to find an ad where back in the day when $50 was good enough and you had a bunch of 48s and they were killing it. Now that 45 is your new goal, you need something from creative testing that's continually bringing you something at or below 45 so that you can replace an ad that was great at 48, but now isn't good enough because your goal is in 50, it's 45, so you replace that one that used to be good was something that is doing better than it. And that moves the yardstick for you so that you can begin to scale your efficiency at your account level. So I know this is a long winded answer to the question, but I really want to try to be as complete as possible. Um, and so with all of that being said, there is no right number to how much you spend to determine a winner or a loser. What I will say is, I will also take a look at if I'm defining my goal, if I'm saying, okay, after a week, this thing hasn't spent any money or it spent money, but hasn't got me any results. I might remove it from my creative testing. I think it's more a matter of time and more a matter of how many other elements I have. The more complex my creative testing is then the more time I have to give something, not so much spend, but time because it's amount of resources and resources very much is built around 
how diversified are your efforts? If you're spending, say you've got 12 ads in creative testing and you're spending a hundred bucks a day and your average sale is $30, over the course of a week, you might not even get a sale from every single ad. Even your best ad might not even get a sale every day. So in that case, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to say, well, which ad's got the most amount to spend and which ad's got the least amount to spend? And I try to make a regular cadence. Maybe every Friday, you take a look at your creative testing. Maybe every Monday, you take a look at it. And your goal is, I'm just gonna remove the one element that did the worst. And then you can launch new ones. Or if I'm gonna launch three new ads, maybe I'll remove three ads that did the worst. And by did the worst means it either spent the least amount of money or it spent a fair amount of money but didn't deliver me results the way I wanted to, or it delivered me like one day I got a five X and it got no other dollars anywhere else, no other sales anywhere else. And it was very inconsistent. The idea here is I'll only remove an ad from creative testing if I've got something else to replace it, unless I need to scale down my creative testing efforts. And I will, only remove the poorest choice based on the level of investment that Facebook is giving it and the performance that is brought from that investment. So I think that's that's vital to understanding exactly what is my goal in creative testing and what the way that I'm thinking about it. Ultimately, my number one objective on creative testing is to find evergreen ads that will work throughout the funnel in all of my control campaigns or my, my, my evergreen campaigns. I wanna be able to not change my business objective. I wanna be able to not change my audience. And I want to be able to replace my worst performing ad with one that is gonna be as good or better than the average performance of every other ad. That is going to take dozens of conversions on my creative testing for me to have a high level of confidence. And if it's not dozens of conversions, maybe it's weeks of spend. Because I want to know, hey, in the real world, in creative testing, if there's 10 of different options, is this thing getting spent every day? Is this thing delivering me results every day? Is this thing showing that in that small pond, it is the big fish and Facebook is favoring it and it is winning all the time. I only want those elite winners into my control elements. So that's a very long-winded way of saying that, Bradley, I think that the question is good, but the basis of the thinking might not be the way that I try to solve these problems. What's most important to me is not to determine when to turn an ad off. It's at what point am I willing to graduate an ad as being a winner? And at what point do I need to swap out the pieces that are not delivering me any data. If an ad can't fight for itself in testing, it's never gonna win in Evergreen. So what I mean by this more than anything is I want consistent winners. If it's not getting spend, if it's getting spend without good performance, or if it's getting good performance but I can't do it every day, I'll remove that ad. But generally, I won't remove anything for at least a week. Um, and that's the way I try to think about it. Um, and so I know that's sort of a long-winded answer, but I really wanna be as complete as I can there because I think that there's a lot of old thinking that goes into how to properly conduct a creative test. Um, but I'll finish it with this point. A creative test should do better than your creative control. 
right? It's test and control. It's elementary fifth grade science class. So what determines success is that a, uh, a successful test gets you a statistically significant result that comes with a lot of data. And hopefully the result of that test is you have an element that will outperform your control. And that's really what it comes down to. So hopefully that is um, helpful and um, is, is, you know, uh, you know, answers your question. Um, so next piece here is, is going to be coming from, uh, it's not actually a question. I'm going to try to flip this around a little bit because we didn't have a lot of questions this week. Also, please, um, if you haven't checked out the new ebook, it's all about control campaigns. Um, and we're trying to have an ebook every single week. And I'll say this, um, it's the new year and there might be a bunch of people watching this. So, Hey, look, if you want the new ebook, just say, Hey, you said if I wanted it, I could ask for it. So, um, just ask for it. Let's get the homework out, right? We'll do the homework later. But this today, if you want the new control cons uh, control campaign ebook um, site that you saw it in this live, that all you said all I had to do was ask. So I'm asking, and my response to you would be great. What is your email address? So ask away, and we'll go from there. Um, that'll be the giveaway for for today. Um, yeah, you know why not? So next point, because we didn't have a lot of questions. <laughs> um. Okay, next point. I'm going to cover a hot take. Now, I've been putting a lot of these hot takes onto Twitter, um, and so the Facebook group might not be seeing them as much, but I want to cover them because they're very important. And I'm using them on Twitter to drive conversation and understand it, and then we can cover those conversations here in these weekly lives. So, the hot take. And this is one that has just gotten, uh, every time I post something about this, it gets like days and days and days of conversations from all sorts of different people. So, Hot take, CPMs and CPCs are garbage metrics for old thinking. Who gives a fuck about what the inventory or the traffic costs? In an OCPM world, which with Facebook is an optimized CPM world, none of this really matters. It's all about conversion rate and machine learning. What is your winning bid and, 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 and test what matters? And, and so I want to get into this. So first off, the premise of the point is that CPMs and CPCs are ancient thinking. You don't need to worry about them. Now, people immediately come back and they'll say, and I've got threads and threads and threads of these. Like, well, you know, well, CPMs are good. Like, I'm going to do great. Like, my results would be phenomenal if like, you could just lower my CPM. And you know what? That'd be, that'd be true. But your conversion rates and your click-through rates and your CPCs and all of these other variables would be different if your CPMs would be lower. Um, you know, I, I saw people bragging about the internet, although nobody was able to send me a screenshot with any context about how, like, hey, I was getting $3 CPMs. Like, great. What was your CPA? One day click. What was your CPA? Was it better? Hopefully it was. Is that consistent? Are you going to be able to make business decisions around that level of performance? Because if you're not then it doesn't really matter. It's just a nice talking point. And my point to that is like, we do use CPMs and CPCs as a proxy for success when we're trying to explain things after the fact. But if you try to spend all of your money where you're getting really low CPMs, it doesn't mean that you're gonna get really good CPAs, cost per acquisition. You're not gonna get a good 
you know, cost per result just because the inventory is low. When the inventory is low cost, it means that you're able to reach a ton of people. But it doesn't mean that the quality of those people are any good. Generally speaking, Facebook will charge you less for lower quality inventory. And Facebook will charge you more for higher quality inventory. Right? That just makes sense. If something is good, it costs more than if something is bad. So on top of that, we also have to understand the impact that has on the whole funnel. So let's say, look, we're getting five, we're getting $3 CPMs and we're just, you know, let's say Charlie's getting a $15 CPMs and so-and-so is getting a $3 CPM. So-and-so is getting five more people to see an ad with every dollar that we spend. Great. My next question is then, what are your CPCs? Are they five times cheaper? Are you getting traffic to your store five times cheaper? And on, point, on top of that, is your click-through rate level? Like if I'm getting a 1% click-through rate on a $15 CPM and a $1 CPC, are you getting a $3 CPM with a third, with a 20% CPC and are still maintaining a 1% click-through rate? We can do the math, but I can already tell you the answer is no. And why that's important is because all these metrics play together into some very, very large um, algebra, right? So we have a ton of variables. And then you're gonna say, well, look, the real thing that matters is my click-through rate. Like, look, if I can get one out of five people that sees my ad to click, I'm great. Okay, let me challenge that. One out of five people that click, that sees your ad is great. Awesome, what's your CPM? How much does that inventory cost? Is it $3 or is it $100? Out of the people that click, how many of them are likely to convert? Is it one out of five people? Is it one of a thousand people? Like you might have a really high click-through rate, but no conversions because you're like, hey, do you wanna test drive this Lamborghini for free? I'll drive to your house and then just take you out and give you 50 bucks. Well, fuck yeah, I'll click on that. I'm not. I'm, I'm never gonna buy the fucking Lamborghini, but I'm gonna get a shit ton of clicks with a really high click-through rate. Or, or maybe I've got a great offer, but it's only getting a really great click-through rate on my super low retargeting audience. So I'm able to reach 100 people a day, like a 50% click-through rate. Can I spend a 100 bucks a day on that audience? A thousand? Can I spend 10,000 against that audience? The answer is probably no. So my point is anywhere where you're seeing these extreme hyperbolic results where you are so far out of what is normal, odds are when one thing gets really fucking good, something else gets really fucking bad because we have an optimized CPM ecosystem. And that optimized CPM is, is the buzzword for it, but let me describe to you what that really means. An optimized CPM means that it is taking in all of these elements and then charging you for the impression based on your ultimate business objective. Now, why do I say that all of this is garbage metrics for old thinking? It's because we're not bidding on clicks. We're not bidding on impressions. We're not bidding on click-through rates. We're not bidding on conversion rates. We're not bidding on engagement. Well, maybe we're bidding on engagements, but we're not bidding on any of these metrics. What we're bidding on is conversions. So, the optimized CPM is going to give us the best cost conversion 
if we're running low cost, say we're running a conversion campaign at lowest cost, the only thing that matters is what is the cost of that conversion? I have easily seen $50, $100 CPMs that are driving me a $20 conversion and then $15 CPMs that are giving me a $50 conversion because the quality of that traffic is better because it's not just the CPM, it's also the CPC, it's also the conversion rate, it's also, it's also the click-through rate, it's also the frequency against that audience. It's so many different matters. That it doesn't really help you in the bottom line to hyper-focus on one element of that algebra problem, right? I mean, we know that our primary focus in anything is to, is to take a primary, or like, we don't know it, let me, let me give you some advice. If you want to improve your business, find the one thing that you need to do better at and focus your results on getting better at that. And now I preach all the time, the one thing that you should be worrying about is your one day post-click CPA. If you are running a conversion campaign to drive sales and you are bidding on conversions, whether it's lowest cost or cost cap or you know bid cap or whatever it happens to be, the only thing that matters is how much does it cost to get me to get somebody to click on my ad today and buy? Now you get a whole bunch of people that say, well, I've got a 28 day sales cycle and I've got all this other stuff and that might be true, but we don't give a shit. Hi Cheryl. We don't, we don't give a fuck about any of that. Because I'm only caring about who's gonna buy today, who do I spend money on today and who am I gonna sell today? Now, maybe you have all these things and, and that's fine. Because it's not that saying that only people that click today are worthwhile. What it means is that is the base unit of measurement that has the most amount of insights and is the easiest to adjust. And if we know, say we get a 0.5 one day post click and that gets us to a 3x after our 28 day whatever, right? If our performance goal is to get to a 3.5, the number one way of making that better is by taking that 0.5 ROAS on, on the one day post click and making it a 0.7. If you can improve that by 40, what was effectively 40%, your 28 day is going to improve massively. Because it all starts with the quality of traffic that you're sending through your system, which gets to a larger piece. But if you drive more, say you have a store, right? And now you've got a really great fucking billboard and everybody's coming in because you're giving fucking test drives for Lamborghinis for free and you're driving to people's houses and you give them a hundred bucks. Well, you're going to get a shit ton of people, but none of them are going to fucking buy. What that also means is that your entire ecosystem is struggling because you're not able to make any sale because there's all of these people, not only in prospecting, that are doing really good at driving people to, to, you know, come and take the test drive, but also while you're retargeting is going, is spending money on all these people that don't give a fuck about actually spending money on you. So now not only is your prospecting driving, you're getting a shit ton of impressions that are really gaming some metric that doesn't actually lead to revenue. So you're wasting money, but now all of your downstream efforts are also impacted. Like your email channel has a shit ton of leads that are completely fucking useless. Your call center has to deal with a whole bunch of people that are never going to buy from you. So they're wasting your fucking time and costing you money. You're likely to maybe spend some money and, and you probably get more chargebacks, right? Because like the people that aren't actually interested, they're just trying to get the, whatever the thing is, right? So when you have garbage customers coming in your door, you're gonna have garbage customers for the rest of that sales cycle. So my point is, if you focus on just getting the sale from the people today, 
you're likely to see better results downstream. Now, maybe you've got a 28-day sales cycle or you've got something that some great math that I honestly don't trust at all with most of these things because I've been able to prove them wrong, but say that is the case, right? People don't buy on the first click. That's fine. Your prospecting ad is doing retargeting all the time unless you've got that audience excluded, in which case they're inside a retargeting audience. And then you'll say to people, well, you know, my, my, my prospecting takes like a week to get somebody to convert or like it takes 27 days because I've noticed that like the, the, the lift in the uh, delayed attribution is actually this thing and it, it really doesn't mean fucking anything. That's a nice story to tell somebody, but where got the click today? And I'll guarantee you, if you didn't exclude your retargeting audience from your prospecting, your prospecting audience would have a much shorter conversion time and you would it reach that maturation on that convert that delayed attribution bullshit would be much tighter because you're saying that if somebody doesn't buy right away you are allowed to touch them more than once you're allowed to show them impressions more than once um the purpose of your prospecting campaign is not to get people to fuck you because you introduce yourself at their doorstep the purpose of that is to reach new people to try to sell your product to as a matter of scale for your business. Retargeting is saying, these people already know who I am, I'm gonna to try to get them as well. And you should really only be having audiences that are complementary. Now, where does this all get back to CPMs and CPCs? The actual bid, the actual cost for you to make that sale is the only thing that you really give a fuck about. Now, maybe, You've got a bunch of different products and you're selling all over the place, in which case ROAS is really important, but I'll guarantee if you want a good ROAS, you sell a product for cheaper, it's probably going to be better. Or you sell for a higher AOV and that's going to be better as well. There are multiple pieces, but let's just go on a static conversation for the purpose of this purpose of this lesson being as strong as we can. If you want to get more efficient, the way you do that is by lowering your cost per sale. Your cost per sale is not lowered because you get a better click-through rate. It's not lowered because you get a better CPC. It's not lowered because you get a better CPM. It's not lowered because you get a better conversion rate even. Yes, conversion rate is important. Yes, CPCs are important. CPMs are important. And I started this off by saying it's all about conversion rate and machine learning. And here's what I mean by that. Is you want to get quality people in and you want to be able to convert them. So... It's about how good is the machine at understanding your business objective and improving the conversion rate amongst the people that you're bringing in so that it understands who better to go out to. Because if it understands who's likely to have a higher conversion rate, it's not about the people that are have a conversion rate that are already inside of your ecosystem. It's about the conversion rate of the people that you're going to reach inside of prospecting. I'll gladly if my conversion rate on that customer, if one out of 100 people that I reach is going to buy, I'll gladly pay 10 times more than if it's one out of 2,000. And the majority of us are probably getting, at best, one out of 1,000, one out of two, one out of 3,000 people that we show an ad to actually purchase. So my point here is CPMs, CPCs, CTRs, all of these fancy metrics that don't actually impact what we're bidding on, that don't actually have an impact on what we can control are useless. They're great for telling stories. And it's great to dissect why things may have worked or why things haven't worked. And if you're at the point where you're doing this like post-mortem to try to understand something, it means you've already won or you've already lost, in which case I don't really give a shit. 
It's a nice sound bite that you put maybe on some PowerPoint deck so you can show somebody why it was a good idea to drive you because you're smart. I don't give a fuck about that because the amount of time I'm spending trying to sound smart to some fucking strangers, the amount of time I'm not spending trying to win today. Now, it depends on your client relations. Some people that I've worked with really despise that because they want to understand everything that's going on. Other business owners are like, great. I don't want to spend an hour having you show me a whole bunch of information. Most clients don't really want to deal with like giant long decks and great presentations and all these things. Maybe they want like a quarterly business review because that's worth the time. But I'd much rather under, I'd much rather have a conversation that's 15 minutes long about how you're going to make me more money today than an hour long conversation about how you lost money last week. Because I don't give a fuck about that. And neither does your business owner. So what is actually important? What is actually important is the thing that you can control. What can you actually control is whatever item you're bidding on. If it's a conversion campaign and you're bidding on conversions and you're bidding lowest cost conversion, then the only thing that you can actually control is the cost of your conversions. And that's gonna happen based on a bunch of variables around CPM, around CPC, CTR, all of these wonderful things are all combining to understand what your bid in the ecosystem is. So what is more important, I, I'm glad, Cheryl says, I do what you say and I'm winning. I'm glad, Cheryl, that's, that's awesome. I was on the Slack call earlier today with a couple of people that were also doing great. I, I, I'm not gonna fucking tout some things, but like fucking people are doing well. My point is, at the end of the day, only worry, and this doesn't just go for Facebook ads or anything else, only worry about the shit you can control. You can't increase your click-through rate and control, like, you're only going to be able to really adjust one variable because it's a test. If you adjust multiple variables, you don't know why something worked or why something didn't work because you've made multiple variables. If the thing works, okay, well, which variable lends itself to creating that success? Well, I don't know. I changed three things. Okay, well, great. Now undo all of it and try each one of those things. Well, now you just wasted a fucking month and it might have been anomalous to begin with. So now you've wasted two months. So to get back to what's, what I'm getting at here, CPA is really the only thing that fucking matters. And if you drive better CPAs, if you're campaign is a conversion campaign at lowest cost. The number one objective is to try to get a lower cost conversion today than you had yesterday. Make next month's conversion cheaper than last month's conversion. That's the only thing that really fucking matters. Everything else is a facet of how your site's going, what your offers, all of these other things are important. But the only thing you can control is the thing that you're bidding on. And the thing that you're bidding on should be the number one business objective of import to you. I'm going to keep going, talking in circles here, but I'll finish with like a soundbite and hopefully we can move on to something else. If you're trying to sell a product and you're bidding on a conversion and you are bidding, optimizing towards a sale, a purchase, the only way you're going to improve is to get more purchases for each dollar that you spend. The only way that's going to happen is by controlling how much it costs to make a sale. Everything else is some output of some variable in a very elaborate algebra equation. 
And you can either try to fix every single variable, which you're not gonna be able to track, which you're not gonna be able to control for, which you're not gonna be able to isolate, test and measure and improve, which means ultimately you're never gonna actually be able to get any good work done other than sounding smart. Or you focus on the output. I'm gonna get an ad that does better than the last ad did and drives me consistent results over time in a stable fashion that helps me get more efficient. And if I can do that, all those other metrics will get better. Here's the thing. If you can improve your one day post click CPA, everything else gets better because it's the unit rate of measurement inside of the ecosystem. That is the language that the machine uses to understand what's going on. And if you can get better at that, your prospecting will be more efficient because the machine will understand better what your objectives are and it'll go after people that are better matched to a positive result. And if it's better at finding strangers, well, their click to is gonna be better. And if people are more likely to positively respond to your messaging, well, your CPM is gonna go up. And if you have people that are more likely to respond to your messaging and the inventory is cheaper, well, you're probably gonna get a better click-through rate, right? And you're gonna get a better CPC. And, and, and everything else is gonna cascade off of it because you started what actually fucking matters and the only thing you can control. Instead of chasing some downstream metric that doesn't really fucking mean anything and is more of an output than anything you can control. Anyway, there we go. Hot take, CPCs and CPMs, garbage metrics uh, for old thinking. And the reason that it exists is because the people that define what best practices are, when we started advertising, when I started eight years ago, um, nine years ago, um, and still today, the head thinkers, right? All these big people that are in great positions of power, the majority of them either came up in Google search or television or radio, or they learn from people who did. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. They can be as good as 80% of the advertisers on Facebook. If I'm as good as only 80%, I'm losing. And I don't want you to lose either. They can chase your coattails and spend far more time and effort doing a whole bunch of shit that's not really gonna make a difference. Maybe it does because they focused on one variable so well that they backed into something that's good. But if you focus on the one thing that you can actually change and you don't worry about other shit, you're going to work less. You're going to be more efficient. Honestly, you're going to be less stressed out and you're going to win easier and more effectively than they will. And I'll put dollars to donuts on that every single fucking time. Every single fucking time. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Uh, I want to get into the homework for this week, and then we'll get into the last piece. Um, here we go. Ba, ba, ba. Okay. <sighs> Try to start all these things at the top of the minute. So when I do the notes, it all lines up. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, so the homework for this week 
And we already said if you want one of the ebooks, you can just get it by asking. And I, I know that I owe it to a couple people that did it over the weekend, over the like New Year's, and, and I'm going to get those out today, I promise. Um, we've been talking a lot about all of this stuff. So the homework for this week is I would like for you to be able to show me that you can understand how to look at cost per purchase or cost per whatever your target result is on a one day click. Send me a screenshot of that. Tell me how you're going to do it. However you want to represent that. And I don't need to see these big screenshots of ads or whatever. I mean, you can literally just go to like comparing windows and you can set up your uh, a screenshot of how your columns are set up. Website purchases, comparing windows, default in one day. I mean, I literally just told you how to do it. Do that. Send it to me so that you can understand how to look at this information, how to evaluate things properly. And uh, I'll send you any of the eBooks from uh, facebookdisruptor.com that you want, or give you 50% off membership um, into the community. Cause that's what it's all about. I want you to win. Um, and I really hope that if we can make this a simple effort that we can all work together on, then um, we're gonna win. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll get into, we got a couple more minutes. Man, I should have had more than just coffee this morning, I tell you what, I, uh, I'm hungry, I, I'm thirsty. All I've had is cold brew and a dog walking sessions. That was a poor sentence. Anyway, um, we'll get into the lesson for this week is sexy ethos. And we're going to build on the, we're going to build on the lesson. Sexy ethos for this week is know your numbers. Okay. So it's not just about your CPA today. It's not just about any of this ROAS or any of these other things. It's about knowing your numbers. And what I mean by that is make a blended dashboard to show the contribution to the bottom line from each effort. Um, and focus on moving mountains. Don't try to move a small piece. Like we were just talking about all the click-through rate on this ad versus whatever else. Like, okay, you can chase down the click-through rate on that one ad, and I'm going to just focus on getting a better CPA across this entire campaign. You're going to spend six months chasing your fucking tail, and I'm going to be light years ahead of you by the time you catch up and decide to actually do anything that's material to the business. Is this month better or worse than last month? That's an important question. Is your customer worth more? And what I mean by that is, are you getting a higher AOV or LTV out of that customer, average order value or lifetime value? And is your growth in revenue rising faster than your scaling and budget? Like if you made $5,000 more this month in sales, did you spend less than $5,000 more in media? If so, probably in a good place. Um, and so understanding those things, transparency is golden. So understanding those things is what's vital. And, and you can do this in a really simple way. Now I've been preaching the, the scrum doc for years and years and years. And honestly, people that embrace it, uh, tend to do really well. And, uh, other people have other solutions, right? They've got these bundled dashboards. They might have 
you know, Supermetrics or, or Tableau or Data Studio or anything else. The idea is you should be able to answer these questions quickly. I will have a dashboard. I usually just use a Google Sheet because it's free and everybody can see it. So it's super fucking transparent and it's super fucking easy to update. Well, what I'm doing is I'm basically saying, well, let's use a Shopify store, for instance. What's my revenue to yesterday in Shopify? Let's say I made $5,000. What was my spend yesterday on Facebook and Google? Let's say I spent 1200 on Facebook and 300 on Google. Okay. It's 1500 bucks. I made five grand. Now, Facebook might say, oh, well, I've got a 2x ROAS. And Google might say, well, I've got a 10x ROAS. And clearly, I've got a three. A little bit over a three. Now, there's also going to be sales in there from email and from other things. And remember, I'm measuring only Facebook on a one-day post click. So there might be somebody that clicked like two days ago that just converts now. And that's great. But what's most important today is how much money did I spend today and how much money did I get back. And if you can improve that measurable, you're going to do better at business because again, if you're driving higher quality people into your store, even those latent conversions that delayed attribution or whatever is going to get better because they're higher quality people and the system will see higher quality people, which means it's going to be able to reach them more efficiently. Now that's on the Facebook side, but an overall blended dashboard is really what's important because especially if you're starting a business or if you're super high level. I mean, I, I'm talking to people that are, you know, spending, you know, their $30 million companies, $15 million companies. What do what, what the bankers want to know before they invest in the next round of funding? Um, oh, hi, Jake. I see you on Twitter and I see you on the thing. Uh, 14. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, DM me, Jake, just so that I'll remember. Uh, I, I'm, I'm scatterbrained um, and, and I'll, I'll take care of you. No worries. Um, so what's most important to these folks is what does your business trajectory look like? What does the health of your business look like? You need to understand what these numbers are, not to necessarily project out what the next you know week or month is going to be, but with the next three months, the next year, Right? When you make a business plan, you've got you know two, three, five years of projections. And if you can say, Hey, I'm maybe it's something as simple as every month I get two percent more efficient at driving a customer. I lower my customer acquisition cost, my CAC or uh, CAC, or, or in this case, just your CPA on Facebook or Google or anything. I lower my blended acquisition cost, and by that I mean out of every dollar that I spend. Regardless of all the channels, for every dollar that I spend, I get 2% more customers per month than the month before. Well, while it's a linear equation, it does look like a hockey stick because 2% of 1,000 is more than 2% of 100, right? 2% of 100 is two more people. 2% of 1,000, right? It's 20 more people. So it, it ramps up. My point of this is it doesn't matter what the ROAS of an ad is. It honestly doesn't even matter what a ROAS of your ad set or the CPA of your campaigns. What's most important is 
understanding your numbers so that you're improving. And, and the bigger piece of all of this is to understand conceptually, are you moving in the right direction? And what I'll tell you is it takes the same amount of effort to move a business forward 2% a month as it does to move an ad set forward 2% a month. So when we talk about all of this, the bigger picture is if we can automate everything inside of Facebook because we're not worried about pulling a thousand different levers and we're really actually only spending 15, 30 minutes in Facebook a day and we're doing far better results because we're not wasting our fucking time. And, and trust me, the best people that I know either spend 12 hours a day or like 30 minutes. I spend like 30 minutes a day, maybe inside of Facebook ad accounts. And on that, I could easily spend $100,000 a week, a month, a day. I've spent 100,000 a day sometimes. I've spent like a million a day sometimes. It's fucking Looney Tunes. The point is, it doesn't mean that there's more work. Your biggest effort is, how do I move the needle for the business? And the way you move the needle for the business is getting more customers for every dollar that you spend. Or getting more money out of each customer that you get. Now, I would say the most important thing is getting more customers for every dollar that you spend. And then the secondary thing is making sure that they are worth the same or more money. But I would prioritize customer acquisition over value of each customer because that's growth. Prioritizing the value of each customer is an generally speaking, a business objective for somebody that's either fully mature or that is falling. Acquiring new customers as efficiently as possible is how you grow. I mean, you can get, if you've got 100 customers and you go from 100 bucks a piece to 200 bucks a piece, that's great. But if you can go from 100 customers to 1,000, in order to get the same level of change, you need to get them to spend, instead of 100 bucks, 110. Instead of 200. Now it's a lot fucking easier to do that. And you're also far more stable because you could lose 70 people and it's less of a hit than if you lost one. 70 people at a thousand is less than one out of a hundred. So all of this coming together is if you want to succeed at a business, it's how do we get the most customers for the dollars that I'm spending? And it doesn't necessarily mean that all of your customers have to come from paid media. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to tie the results of every paid dollar to every customer that you get. What it means is understanding today I spent 500 bucks and today I got 20 customers and I made whatever, $2,000, whatever, right? I mean, I'm just throwing numbers out there. None of those are real for businesses that I'm working with, but just those numbers. Um, Ultimately, what becomes important is, can I get them next month for a little bit cheaper? As side effort is, can I get a little bit more money out of them? But getting more money out of them generally tends to work on, is your email game strong? Is your customer service strong? What do you do when that customer actually shows interest in you? The more customers you have, the larger your sample size is and your audience to test getting more money from them. So it's fundamentally better for your business to get more customers than it is to try to drive up the value of your customers because it makes the efforts of driving up the value more statistically significant.
And remember, all of this is fifth grade science class. All of this is actually really fucking easy. And thinking, the actual execution, hey, look, that can be difficult. Hopefully it isn't. So, the overall lesson, the sexy ethos is understand your global numbers. Um, and that'll help you make bigger decisions. Because what we want to do is move mountains. We don't want to worry about the ROAS of one ad and creative testing. We want to worry about how many customers did I get this month versus last? And the only way you get to that is by stop worrying about all the stupid shit. So our primary focus on Facebook is to make it as simple as possible and as automated as possible so that we can make very big decisions because the level of effort is the same. The impact of those decisions tends to be about the same, but it's, is that an impact on an ad set or an ad? Or is it an impact on your business as a whole? If you're spending four hours a day trying to optimize your retargeting funnel inside of Facebook, that's four hours a day you're not spending on everything else. And maybe you're a media buyer, maybe that's your job. And I would challenge you to try to do that job in an hour. And then spend the next three hours being of more value to the person that has hired you. Um, I've been brought on as, and I think, I think, I've been brought on as somebody that was just like, here's our Facebook guy. And within six months, you know, I'm the right hand man of the CEO to try to build the business. I've been brought on as like, he's our guy that's going to run our ads and ended up like, you know, director of a certain, some fucking title. Because I understand that my job as a media buyer is actually a coveted position to be able to affect business as a whole. And if I'm asking those questions, and if I'm able to deliver those results, then I'm fundamentally valuable, which ultimately means if it's not my business, then I'm making my boss more money and I'm gonna get better at the next step of skills and I can ask for more money. Or I can do two or three accounts. And I learned all of this stuff because I used to have to manage like five or six accounts. across like seven figures a day, you know, three, four different platforms. You don't have more than 10, 15 minutes per platform, per account, if you're gonna get work done on the majority of them in a single day. And that's not even leaving time for like meetings and emails and all sorts of other stupid shit. The point is, going back to the hot take and ultimately going back to our first question of the day, understand the overall business objective of your effort. Figure out the one thing that is going to create the most amount of impact and figure out a way to remove all the noise and bullshit away from moving that one thing at the highest level that you can. And ultimately, understand what success looks like in the simplest one goal answer it's not it, it's never going to be easy it's never going to be simple but it's, it's a process to get to that point but 
you should ultimately be able to write on a sheet of paper. You should be able to put it on a t-shirt. It should be like 10 words or less. What is my goal? And it can be as simple as my goal is to acquire customers for 2% cheaper than I did last month. And I want to do so by acquiring the same amount or more people. That's a bit longer than 10 words and it might not completely fit on a t-shirt, but now you understand every decision has to funnel through that thing. Lower my cost, maintain volume. Great. Now I know what my marching orders are. If anybody asks me to do anything, it's, will that lower my cost? Will that maintain my volume? The answer is no, or I don't know, then it's probably not worth my time. If it's, I don't know, then figure out, is it worth my time or not? If the answer is no, then it's a luxury, nice to have task, but it's not going to be the thing that I'm focusing my energy on. Um, cause that's not how, that's not how this works. So hopefully that's helpful. I, um, want you all to win. And I say this as somebody that started at $10 an hour data entry and now has spent an ungodly amount of money selling God knows how much stuff to Lord knows how many people. Um, really, really high level success comes from making things as simple as fucking possible and then making it a little bit better. And uh, I'll end with this. If you look at the ethos, I think it's the Toyota company. It's like get 1% better. That's easy. Get 1% better. Everything that you do, make it 1% better this week than it was last week. What does a year from now look like? I can tell you, nine months from now could easily look like I'm spending one third as much money, but I'm getting four times as many sales for each dollar that I spend. Well, that's a phenomenal situation. Using these types of things is how you get from $500 a day to on the phone with somebody in India this morning. It was, we started at 500, now they're 10,000. Because they're not chasing a thousand things. They're doing one thing really fucking well. And that's all you need. All right. See you guys next week. Hope you enjoy the ebook. Share this with your friends if you find this to be valuable. And um, the one thing I'll say is please, please, please take it easy. All right? Don't take this shit too seriously. You're never going to get out alive. And um, it's supposed to be fun. And this is what you do so that you can live the rest of your life. So stick with that. All right?